and it's live again. It's another show of Will Takes on Will's Take on Sports. Good morning, Thursday morning, September third. My first show of September 2020. Man, this year is zooming, zooming by. Reminds me of that old song, uh, gospel song when I was a kid. Count the years as months. Count the months as weeks. Count the weeks as days. And this year going by fast. It's almost football season, and I always look at it like this. Once football season is here, the year is pretty much over. 2020 has been interesting to say the least but man this year is flying by this year is going by quick today's podcast nine three makeup calls <laughs> get into that in games that got my attention and individual performances that got my attention but before i get into that i want to talk about coach john thompson um he passed away um on monday i didn't get a chance to speak about it because i had already done my show when the news broke Coach John Thompson, Hoya Paranoia. I was not a Georgetown fan. I was a fan of the Syracuse Orangemen. Still a fan of the Syracuse Orangemen in a way, although I root for all things Miami. But anyway, um, Coach Thompson, big, tall figure on that sideline with the towel over the shoulder. That Hoya team from 82 to 85 during the Patrick Ewing years was as good as it got or as it is in college basketball three final fours one national championship and needless to say if the shot clock was uh, in play during that 85 final with Villanova Georgetown could have been back-to-back champions but it did not work out that way as Villanova stalled the ball out but mad respect for big coach walking up the floor for the prop 48 heard how Allen Iverson felt about this man when he uh, made his Hall of Fame introductory uh, Hall of Fame induction speech None but respect for him. Again, wasn't a Georgetown fan, but mad respect for Georgetown. Thought Georgetown was a black school. <laughs> Seriously, I think myself and a lot of other people, we thought Georgetown was a black school, but it wasn't. It's a prestigious, prestigious law school uh, in the Washington suburbs. So, anyway, also, before I get into games that got my attention, let me also just say Leonard Fournette being released. By the Jacksonville Jaguars for whatever reason, uh, this uh, they say he was a problem. He was problematic in the locker room and all of that thing. Listen, Tom Coughlin is just making sure if you don't do it his way, he's gonna get rid of you, no matter the talent level. He doesn't care. Jalen Ramsey didn't want to pay him gone. Calais Campbell traded. Uh, they just traded the DN the the, the 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 Minnesota, and now Leonard Fournette. Crazy. They signed Nick Foles, and then okay, he got injured. Now they're gonna go with Minshew. Jacksonville. I don't know about this tanking for Trevor stuff either. I'm not on that. I'm not on that bandwagon. I'm not a big fan of Trevor Lawrence. I, I get what he did in his rookie season, but the second last year, he seemed to not really improve in my opinion. I think the receivers at Clemson are big credit for the success that this young man had. Um, so I don't know how he's going to trend. I, I don't really say he's a can't miss prospect as some scouts and other uh, TV pundits have him labeled i don't think he's a can't miss prospect in my opinion um i've seen this can't miss stuff with these quarterbacks before jeff george uh ryan leaf he shula those type of guys i've seen all that and and it just uh, robert griffin the third so i don't know I, i'm not a big fan of uh trevor lawrence before i get into games the, uh, the games uh, before i get into the games let me say this 
Uh, college football. Again, uh, I'm not in favor of the season. I'm not watching it. But it's amazing. The opt-outs are coming quickly. And it's giving these kids who have serious NFL futures an opportunity to say, you know what? You know what? I don't really think this is for me this year. A lot of that has to do with the COVID. But I think the risk of injury and they pretty much um, have a built-in, uh, I guess you could say, excuse, reason to not play and get themselves ready to get that big payday from the NFL. I think that has a lot to do with it, too. But it's funny. And also on college football, so the president talks to Kevin Warren. That's not going to do any good. Kevin Warren didn't make any decisions. That was the presidents and the chancellors of those universities in the Big Ten Conference. Again, let me just say this. And if you're a supporter of the president, and since he likes to tweet, tweet at him. Take responsibility for uh, alleviate the schools for any responsibility for a kid getting sick during the COVID situation or having uh, uh, lingering effects from COVID if they attract the virus. Take response, give, give, uh, assume the responsibility from the federal government. Boom, you got a football season. Because that's what it comes down to. Those kids in the two conferences, again, that did not, uh, that are not playing, their players on the Players' Tribune said they don't want to sign that waiver. So, that probably was a pretty much uh, an easy decision for the presidents of those universities in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 Conference. So, if you want football, and he's pushing for it since that's the biggest thing in the country right now is whether Big Ten, whether – College football is going to be played. Federal government say, you know what? Something happened. We, we'll take care of it. We'll, take, we'll, we'll assume the uh, responsibility. And ta-da, you'll have football. It's that simple. It's not. It's not it, 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 to me, it's not, this is all this um, battle or debate. Or don't do this to the kids and all that good stuff. Just assume the responsibility. And you got football. All right. All right, pay attention. All right, game seven, uh, Houston and Oklahoma City. James Harden, horrible game. Played horrible. Was nothing, nothing else could be said by that. CP3, uh, <laughs> triple-double. Um. I got a friend on Facebook, and he also uh, comes on my show. He also has a YouTube channel, uh, Elder Walter Strong. I'm going to give him a shout-out for that. <laughs> um, he said, well, the, the real Chris Paul. He, he, he's playing off the commercial or whatever. The real Chris Paul, whatever the situation is, yeah, he played well last night, but they came up short again. Again, I understand it's a team sport. Again, Chris Paul came up short in a Game 7 uh, match or game. So uh, Houston moves on to play the Lakers. Not a great night for James Harden on the offensive end, but that big block over this kid, Dort, who I didn't even know who he was until this NBA restart bubble situation. And before last night, he hadn't hit jumpers like that all season. He probably didn't hit jumpers like that when he was at Arizona State for that one season. But last night, they left him open. Kudos to the kid for making the shots. I wouldn't have... I don't see why they gave the ball to him at that key moment down the stretch, but, hey, it is what it is. 
Um, again, he was wide open until that play when James Harden made the block on his attempted three-pointer. So James Harden played defense. That's that's a what? That's what that is. James Harden played defense. That's all I can say about that because he is not known to play defense. So game seven, Rockets win, move on, two-point win. The other game seven that happened the night before between the Nuggets and the Jazz, Feel bad for Donovan Mitchell. He played his heart out in that series, but somebody has to lose, and unfortunately, the Utah Jazz came up short. I don't think there should be any type of roster uh, moves for the Utah. I mean, they didn't have their second-leading scorer, McDonavich. So it shouldn't be a situation where that there needs to be drastic changes. They just need health. That's that's the main thing. Um, key turnover by Donovan Mitchell late in that ball game. But the Jazz, I mean, the Nuggets almost gave that thing away when they tried to go down and score. I don't know why. Jamal Murray did it. He did a moment, caught up, didn't know, wasn't aware of time and situation. That could be an excuse. But he almost cost his team uh, that game because Conley had a great look. It was a great look, but he missed. He had a great look for the win, but he missed. Jokic is, he's he's legit. Jokic is legit. I know Jamal Murray got a lot of pub and a lot of hype for what he was doing in this series up until game seven, but Jokic is legit. He he is gonna he, he is a player. There's no doubt about it. He's an unathletic player, but he's a player. How that match up in the next round against uh the Clippers, Montres Harrell, Zubat going up against Jokic. Interesting matchup on the inside. Definitely Jokic has the advantage, but he's gonna get he's gonna get worked. Because Montres Harrell's gonna work him and he's starting to get his win back and he's starting to get into shape. Um, as these playoffs have moved along, and you can see the improvement um, through that six-game series with the Dallas Mavericks. So, but I don't. There's no way Jamal Murray. Um, he's just going to light the Clippers up for six games. Um, I think the Clippers understand something, and I think they can. Uh, you can thank if you're a Clippers fan, Luka Doncic, because Jamal Murray may not have the skill set. A Luka Doncic, but he can do some things like Luka, Luka Doncic, not all things like him, not quite the vision, but that cat can play. He That that buddy can play, Jamal Murray. So I expect him to get a lot of attention from that perimeter defense of the Clippers. See if Pat Bev make it back, but definitely from George and Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard has just been steady. He's been that dude. He's been that dude to make that argument that he is the best player in the world. We'll find out if they make it through this round and the Lakers make it through the next round because, to me, the winner of the Lakers and the Clippers between LeBron and Kawhi, that would determine who's the best player in the world, in my opinion, because I definitely think the winner would come between one of those two sides, the the NBA winner, either the Clippers or the Lakers. That's just my opinion because the Milwaukee Bucks, moving on to the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks are showing they are flawed. They are a flawed ball club. They were flawed at, uh, during the season towards before the COVID break, and then when they get back to the NBA restart, they really struggled, and they've been struggling seriously in these playoffs. Now, Miami Heat have not lost a game in these playoffs so far. Um, makeup calls happens in sports. It, it happens. It doesn't matter. NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, it doesn't matter. They happen. But you don't want to see a, a makeup call to determine the outcome of a game. As a Miami Heat fan, I love the Heat. I do. I did not pick the Heat to win this series. I only gave the Heat uh, one game in this series. I thought Milwaukee would take it in five. Well, if Milwaukee's going to win, they're going to have to do it in six. So, at least. Um, 
it was a great game last night. The first game, Jimmy Butler went nuts, didn't do so well last night. I think the defense by Wes Matthews has to be uh, definitely given a lot of credit for that. Um, Jimmy got a lot of attention. But, again, Goran Dragic, great first half. Bam Adebayo controlling the boards. Bam Adebayo is not afraid of Giannis, the MVP and defensive player of the year. He's not afraid of him. He wasn't in the regular season. Uh, and so far in these playoffs, he is going right at him. Bam Adebayo is 6'7 on a good day without shoes on. He's 6'7. Giannis is 6'11 with a nine-foot wingspan. And I'm exaggerating, but that kid is so long, it's ridiculous. And he bulked up his strength from the time he entered the league. Last two years, he's shown his dominance, his footwork. Um, to become the league's MVP. He's not the best player in the world, but he's he's the league's MVP. But Giannis has a problem with Bam because Bam is not no lightweight. He is not a lightweight. And either he's he's too young or too stupid, I'm not really, to, to realize that that cat's the MVP, or he's just hyper-competitive to say, you know what, I know what the status is, I know what your accolades are, but it doesn't matter to me. I'm going at you. And he has been going at this dude for the first two games of this playoffs. And he are making Giannis work. Uh, even Jay Crowder, who, who's done a great job. Even Jimmy Butler wanted to play this dude at the end. They put Andre Iguodala on him. They, it doesn't matter. The Heat are trying to make this dude work. Chris Middleton, give him credit. He's not shooting a great percentage, but he's making key shots. He had a good stretch in game two in the second half uh, to help the Bucks get back in it because the Heat was just – and then the Heat just withstood the storm and just – just said, okay, we, we're not afraid of you. We, we are not afraid of you. We know you have the best record in the NBA, but we're not afraid of you. Again, I picked the Bucks in five. I thought it would be competitive, and I thought the Heat would lose the game down the stretch, which they almost did last night um, because, again, Giannis is the best player on the floor. That's not even up for debate. And in the NBA, if you have the best player, your chances of winning are greater. But the Heat are such a hardworking, young Ignorant, don't know that they, don't know that they should not be up two zero or not not scared of the moment type cats, and they are balling. They are playing, they're playing out of their mind to be honest with you. But the Heat have been doing this all year. Three point shot, Crowder since he came over to the Heat and making three point shots. Rogers came back in the bubble, three point shots making them. Tyler Hero, he's just super confident. I, this kid pulled up from thirty, drained right over Marvin Williams. So and then they got Duncan Robinson, who everybody now has a scouting report on. They're they're paying great attention to him. I gotta give Milwaukee credit for that, but he's still getting a shot off. He still makes threes. Moving on to another uh, to the to the last game we're gonna talk about in in regards to the NBA playoffs. Celtics are up two zero on the Raptors. Listen, the Raptors have been uh, they were in that game the other night. Nobody could expect Marcus Smart just like you didn't. I couldn't expect Dort from Oklahoma City to make to go on. Uh, a 15, 16-point run by himself to get Boston back in that game. Jason Tatum is there. He's a superstar. He showed it before the break, um, after the All-Star break and before the COVID break. Um, and then he came back. He had a bad first seeding game. And then after that, he just came on like gangbusters. Jason Tatum is a superstar. Jalen Brown is consistent. Jalen Brown should have been an All-Star. And two dominant wings on that team. And then you throw in Kimball Walker with his ball handling, his – Ability to just stop on a dime and pull up for that J. The Raptors, to me, they're not playing all that bad 
as the 2-0 deficit looks, but they are in a 2-0 hole, 0-2 hole. That's just the way it is, and they're just – Pascal Siakam is just not looking like the guy um, that he was at times during this current season. He, he's coming up short. But still got to win four games, and I think the Raptors – if they don't win the next one, it's a, it's a done dollar. A lot of people already saying it's done, but I, I, I'm going to give them an opportunity to say that they can come on. All right, um, in regards to – let me say this about baseball before I get into my Premier League preview. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Rays and the Yankees have a real nasty history um, between these two teams. It's just awful the way these, these two teams just dislike each other. They're one and two in the American League East right now. Again, I think the Yankees are the most talented team in the American League, but the injuries have really hampered this team. But for Aaron Boone's squad to be where they are um, in the division and giving themselves an opportunity to make the Major League playoffs, it's very good. It's it's good what Aaron Boone's been able to do with it, patchwork um, because of all the injuries. Chapman, the Yankees closer, throws a 98-mile-an-hour-plus fastball at the Rays player. There's no excuse for that. And he didn't even seem to be apologetic about it. There's no excuse for that. What is the debate from the Yankees when the young man has a problem with them throwing a 98-mile-per-hour fastball at his head? There's no dispute. The Yankees don't have a freaking dispute. That's stupid. And And it should not be up for discussion if he decides to charge the mound because that's dangerous. That's absolutely dangerous. But I like his response the very next day in last night's game, and he hit two home runs. That's how you respond to that. If you don't go to the mound with that bat in your hand and try to whack him upside his head with it. But I'm not condoning violence, but I'm just saying. So the Yankees, but the Yankees and the Rays, they have a, a, a awful, awful history between these two teams. So it'd be nice if they can beat in the playoffs. Be nice because Major League Baseball playoffs now have expanded to eight teams per, per, per uh, league. Major League Baseball is getting like the NBA or, or, or the NCAA tournament. Everybody makes the playoffs. Or, or college football, bowl games, post, they, they consider that postseason. Everybody makes the playoffs. Everybody makes the postseason. And that's what Major League Baseball is doing. And one of the things I always liked about Major League Baseball is their season meant something because only division winners, before they even when they went to three divisions per league, only division winners and one wild card team would make the playoffs. So that's four teams per. Now it's eight. Why? I don't get it. I, I, I just don't get it. You No. Less is more and better quality. More is not better quality. No. You're giving 500 teams a chance to make the playoffs. That's one of the things I hate about the NBA. I don't like all those teams making the playoffs. Make it special. Make the, make the regular season mean something by um, keeping the playoffs low, keeping the number of teams that could qualify for the playoffs low. All right, let me get to the Premier League. The Premier League is, the, if you listen to this show on a regular basis, you know that, for me, uh, soccer, as you know it in this country, football to the rest of the world, is my favorite sport, hands down. And the Premier League is the best club, club league in the world, period. I'm just trying to tell you, hands down. Point blank, period. It's not enough for debate. So, Here's my Premier League preview. Liverpool, the defending champion. They were one point shy of 100 points last season. This is, this is a well-accomplished group. This team, um, that this court has been together. They are runner-ups in the Champions League in 2018. Uh, at the end of the 2019 season, they were Champions League. They, they won the Champions League. They were the title holders. 
And then last year, they finally captured that that uh, elusive Premier League title that they've been chasing for almost 30 years. Sanye, Firmino, Van Dyke, Alexander Arnold, the best fullback in the world, period. Salah, and the football player of the year, Jordan Henderson, Jordan Klopp on the sideline. Liverpool is the team to beat. They, they are solid. That front three, solid. That back line, solid, solid in the midfield. This is a this is an outstanding football club. But the rest of the league is coming. Manchester City, my favorite club team in the world. No three-peat last season. As like I just said, Liverpool captured the, the Premier League title. Again, another disappointing exit from the Champions League, another quarterfinals loss. Raheem Sterling just I, I expect this cat to bounce back. He had he had the miss of the miss of misses. Basically, when he missed that wide open chance in that quarterfinal match against uh, against Leon, so even through all of the uh, turmoil that Manchester suffered last season and not winning, uh, the, the, the city suffered not winning the Premier League title. The defense, the main cause of that, and mo- mostly the back line. Ultimately, God bless him. He tries hard. He just doesn't get it done. Walker, for all his pace and his speed, he had defensive lap- lapses. Mendy, Zinchenko. Um, Great guys in spots. I think they should be sub players, not starting 11 players. Uh, City's got to improve that back line. They're trying to with uh, Calabali, Colabali um, coming over from Napoli. Um, Napoli is also, and, and Manchester United is also in this, trying to purchase this young man. He's a top defender. He would help uh, put him beside Laporte. That would be a solid duo um, at the center back position. Um, for Manchester City, they got it. They just got to improve. Cancelo's got to come through. He's got to show that he was worth uh, the transfer fee when he came over uh, to Manchester City. I'm not going to speak about Messi going to City because it hasn't happened, but a guy can dream. A uh, Messi and Kevin De Bruyne uh, midfield pairing, it would be it, it would lack on the defensive side. But anyway, the creativity would be the creativity between those two guys would be unbelievable with Aguero up front and Jesus uh, Gabriel Jesus. Um, again, I mentioned Raheem Sterling. I expect Raheem Sterling to bounce back, use that that blown opportunity that he had in that quarterfinals match as motivation to really uh, be more focused in his gameplay. Um, Manchester City, my favorite club team in the world. They're behind Liverpool, but if they can get better defensively, I think they can, uh, again, challenge for the Premier League title. And, and please, I just want this team to win and, and get that uh, – just get a Champions League. I mean, that's it. I mean, it's they got the they they got the talent. It's just that that lack of focus at the end in these games. It happened against Tottenham two years ago. They Manchester City is one of the best teams in the world, and I want them to win the worst way. The other teams they're in the Premier League. They call it it's the top six and everybody else. Well, the top six is Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Tottenham. It's the, that's the top six. Um, and there's two other teams. Um, that qualified for the uh, for the Champions League. That's Manchester United and Chelsea. Uh, they're both determined to get to that top two. They want. They both want to get to the top of the table. United is doing everything they can to do it. They're also after uh, Koulibaly. And then they also got that young man. I'm not going to butcher his name, but there's a young guy who they are comparing who said he, he only answers to Van Dyke. Van Dyke is – he is – the standard for center back he is the standard and for this young man that 
United is trying to sign to be in that conversation, that is high praise. That's high praise. And you, if they sign him and Koulibaly, whew, that's a that's a that's a pairing that could cause nightmares for center forwards or strikers in the Premier League or in, or in Champions League matches. Pogba still in the mid- midfield. They signed a young man, uh, Van de Beek. Van de Beek uh, over. They say he's creative. He he's gonna really be. Um, a, this this is a great opportunity for that young man. We're united. They all they already have Bruno Fernandez, Marcus uh, Rashford is making his way to being a top striker in the world or center forward. He had 17 goals last season. He's got the pace. He's got the skill. United is trying their best to get there. And I, I and Fernandez, man, when he played, when he came on and he was getting chances on the pitch last season for United, he's a dad. He's just a dazzling playmaker from Portugal. I mean, that's where he's from. He, he's, he's unreal. Now over to Chelsea signing uh, Timo Warner. Big upgrade. Timo Warner and uh, Zayat kid, they signed. Hakeem Zayat. Uh, those two will be the fours, although Zayat did play on the wing in their preseason match against Brighton. But that's an upgrade from Tommy Abraham and uh, Olivier, uh, Olivier Giroud. That's, that's, that's an upgrade. Lampard, the longtime Chelsea player, he's not a manager of that team. He has an abundance of midfielders. Christian Pulisic, who's trying to come back from injury, of course, you know I'm going to be favorable towards him because he's an American and he's playing for a top club in the world. Also, I got to give a lot of credit to um, Weston McKinney for betting on himself and going to play for Juventus. I'll get into the Serie A next week. But anyway, um, there's just so many guys. Loftus Cheek, uh, Mason Mount, who I, I just love his game. I love his attacking style that he plays for Chelsea. Um, I got to give Chelsea a lot of credit because they signed uh, Thiago Silva, this veteran, this veteran uh, center back, mid uh, center back defender. Um, he's a Brazilian. He's played on in a lot of top clubs and uh, a lot of top clubs in Europe. He's coming over from PSG. PSG was in the final of the Champions League last um, just about a couple of weeks ago. He's going to be matched with Zuma in the back. Zuma's big. He's athletic. That's what you got to have. You got to have physical guys that got pace now because this game, the game of football is changing. All the top teams with top talent, they're pressing. And you got to have guys that can make plays out of the back and also defend. And that's uh, a big upgrade uh, for Chelsea. And they also signed someone else. Chelsea's trying to do everything they can, again, to get in that top two and crack it. The team that I think really has a shot, although I just mentioned Manchester and Chelsea, is Arsenal. Arsenal Coming off that Community Shield win, Obama Yang playing out of his mind the last three matches at Wembley. Let's see if that carries over into a solid season, although he did have a solid season last year, hence why they're giving him a big contract extension. Obama Yang, great guy, great pace. Obviously, his finishing ability has gotten better. So uh, Arsenal is a team under Arteta that has proven they can play with the top club teams uh, in the Premier League. They beat Manchester City. Uh, they beat Chelsea in the uh, FA Cup final. And then in the Community Shield, they beat Liverpool. So I think this is going to be a exciting season for the Premier League in regards to who's going to be the top team. Last year, wasn't no, there was no drama. There was, there was no guesswork in who was the best team in the Premier League because that was Liverpool, hands down, and easy to see as 
like I said, they were one point shy of 100. The rest of the Premier League, Leicester City, um, will always be a tough out uh, or a tough opponent, especially when you're uh, traveling to go play uh, at Kings Power Stadium. And then you also Tottenham, Jose Mourinho still there. Um, not not a very talented squad, um, in my opinion. I know Harry Kane is there, but they're 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 lacking in the quality as far as players as the other five um of the of the top six. So um I don't see them even making a, a Europa League spot and that's what goes to the fifth place team at the top of the table. I don't see them doing that, but they're gonna it, it's they're gonna be a headache. They they will be a tough uh team um in, in matches. I don't I don't think they'll win the Premier League, but you never know. I didn't think Leicester City will win a couple of years ago and they did. Crystal Palace is solid. Everton's trying to get uh, James Rodriguez, uh, the young Colombian, uh, well, the Colombian uh, player who's coming over from Real Madrid. Uh, he had an outstanding World Cup in two thousand in the two thousand fourteen uh, World Cup, and he signed with Real Madrid. He hadn't he didn't get much pitch time. They're labeling him a disappointment. I wouldn't say he was a disappointment. All I would say is just simply, uh, you know, sometimes it's just like, I mean you're dealing with Luka Modric. Um, and some of those other top quality guys uh, on that Real squad, so it's hard to get some. It's hard to get time on the pitch when you're dealing with top quality world footballers like that. So he would get all the chances in the world if that's the signing that happens with Everton going along, uh, to go along with Rich Charleston, the other South American player that's from Brazil. So again, Everton they're always a headache for the top clubs, especially when they have to go to Everton. So we're going to see Newcastle United, Crystal Palace. The other team based out of London, um, solid squad. Not a team I would think could challenge for a top four spot or a top five spot, but another annoying squad. <laughs> They're another annoying squad along with Leicester City. Uh, Newcastle United want to see what happens with DeAndre El- uh, Yeldon. He didn't get much time on the pitch last season. Um, only only spotty, uh, spotty time and – He's an American. I would like to see him get more pitch time because he's going to be – he's a key member of the U.S. men's national team's roster. I think what's going to help the U.S. men's national team is when is, – is if these guys that are overplaying in Europe, they can get quality pitch times playing against the best players in the world and that will translate over when they play against Mexico because that's the only challenger they got over in North America that, that is Mexico, and I want them to beat Mexico. So we need our best players that's over there getting quality time the Gio, uh, the little, the young Rainer kid that's at Borussia Dortmund. I know I'm not doing a Bundesliga preview right now, but I love this kid's game. Um, and I don't know what the hesitation is of putting him on the national team roster. I don't care he's 17. He can play. He he can play. He's better than anything that's coming out of the MLS right now. In, in the MLS, I'm not knocking it. it, it, it but they're, they're, the, the quality of talent is not the same of a kid playing at Borussia Dortmund going against some of the top club teams in the world. I don't want a roster full of MLS players on the U.S. men's national team. Get the top, get the kids that are competing against the best players in the world, and that'll give you a chance to play against a strong, tough-minded uh, Mexican squad. It's about beating them because that's the only that's the only thing that's standing in the way of the United States being dominant in the Concacaf. And Canada's coming; they're, they're they're coming. They got some kids that's over there too, especially uh, Alfonso Davies. But all right, so that's my Premier League re- preview. Um, if you're asking me who do I think will win the Premier League this year, psh, I'm be biased. I'm a homer. I'm going with Manchester City. I think we bounce back and get it. 
that Premier League title three times in four years. That's my prediction. Manchester City, all bias, blatant homer. Seriously. Thank you for listening to the show this morning. If you missed it live and you're listening on demand, please kick that like, follow, or subscribe button on whatever platform. Uh, podcast platform that you're listening to this show. Also on Twitter and Instagram, follow the show at un- uh, WWS underscore sports show. And if you're on Facebook, go to my Facebook page and click the like button. Close the show the same way every time. Say a prayer for somebody because prayer changes things. I'll holler. Keep up that social distancing. Wear your doggone mask. Wear your mask. It ain't that hard. Easy. Talk to you later.